Tessa Jones, and I am a phenomenal woman in the field of street cleaning at San Francisco Public Works. I am a very proud San Francisco Public Works employee for the past 28 years. So I started here as a 9910. It is the entry level to the street cleaning operation. That's where you learn the dynamics of street cleaning. And we learned about this job through Mayor Jordan at the time. He was the mayor who gave us this program. And so I lived in the Bayview-Hunters Point area and I signed up for it. And I was like, wow, this place is a place where you really can grow. I think this will be my home. And I've been here ever since. I started as a 9910, which turned into a 9916. That went from a 7514 as needed, 7514 permanent. Then I went from a 7215, which is a supervisor one. I went from there to a zone captain. And now I am a supervisor two. Yay. The area that I cover is zone A. Zone A is comprised of North Beach, Chinatown, Financial District, Knob Hill, Russian Hill, Marina, Cal Hollow, and Pacific Heights. And so I have a team of about maybe 11 or 12 people, two steamers, litter patrols, two soup ones. And um, my role is to oversee the area. There's nothing in zone A that I don't know about. I am a morning person. My workday starts officially at 6 o'clock a.m., but I like to get in at 5.30, come in and set up and uh, get my day started and make magic happen. When you think of a, a, a street cleaner, you know, the average person would say, well, that has to be a crappy job, you know. But for me, it's, it's how you look at it. I was working in zone E and every morning we had to go to the army circle. That's just right outside uh, the yard where the Cesar Chavez on and off ramps are. There's a lot of homeless people that would congregate there. There was a young couple, a young Latin woman, beautiful girl, very intelligent girl. I would get on her line every day, you know, like a mom, you know. And I remember once we were cleaning the circle and they weren't there anymore. And I, I saw this woman coming with this young man. I didn't know who she was. And she was hollering, Miss Jones, Miss Jones. And I'm like, oh boy, she knows me. She called me Miss Jones, you know. And it was her. She had went to rehab, got cleaned up. She looked so beautiful. I did not even recognize her. She said, Miss Jones, Miss Jones, I, I, I got myself together. I got, you know... I said, look at you. I gave her the biggest hug. She cried. I cried. She told me, thank you so much. I'm trying not to cry. I'm sorry. She told me, thank you so much for always, you know, telling me that I could be whatever I wanted to be. And you don't have to live this way. And it... <clears throat> 
the guy that was with her was her boyfriend. I said, all right, I'm be watching you. You better take care of my girl. You know, he said, I will, Miss Jones. She told me so many good things about you. And they walked away down the street. And that made me feel so good. That not only um, am I cleaning the streets, you know, I'm inspiring people to get their lives together and change it for the good. That makes what I do so worthwhile for me. There was a man living in his van with his dog, you know, and we had to, like the army circle, we had to go there every day to clean. And, you know, uh, this gentleman was very uh, intelligent. You know, I, I would speak to him and pet his dog and, you know, clean around him. And he says, one day I'm going to keep myself together. I say, you keep saying one day. What about today? You got today. And if you wake up tomorrow, got another chance at it, you know? So I was going down Market Street one day and I saw a man on a bike on the platform. And again, Miss Jones, how you doing? Who is it? You know, looked very good. Got himself together, went back to school, got his own SRO. He said, and guess where I'm on my way to? And I says, well, where are you going now? You know? He said, I'm on my way to Egypt. He had bought a ticket to go to Egypt. Again, street cleaning is not for the faint at heart, you know? And like I say, you have to have compassion to do this kind of work. And for me to go out and clean the streets and inspire people to change their lives for the good, I feel honored. I feel invincible. Like I said, every day I get up, I challenge myself. And if I can do anything to impact, I don't care who it is in San Francisco, a homeless person, a resident, a merchant, a co-worker. At the end of the day, when I do my self-analysis, for me, that's mission accomplished. Honestly. <laughs> San Francisco is a world-class city. Imagine San Francisco without street cleaning. Imagine what it would look like. I'm very proud of the work that I do. I'm very proud of the people that I work with, both men and women. You know, all three ships, we come to work and we work very hard. Hard. So I just want to say a shout out to each and every one of the SES team members. I face barriers because I am African-American and also because I am a woman. There was a time when one of our team members got into a vehicle accident. And so the protocol is you notify your supervisor and then you call the radio room and then you stand by. Ask the person um, that you got into the accident with, are they okay? Yes. Okay. You know, get in your truck, allow them to get in their vehicle. You all sit and wait until the supervisor arrives and the police arrive. Well, I come around, you know. And I'm taking all of the information from my team member. And then the police come, you know, and they took the information from the citizen and they took the information from the team member. And we were all just waiting, you know. And so I says, well, I says to the PD, like, well, what are you waiting for? And they said, well, 
we're waiting for the supervisor to come. And so I just kind of leaned on the truck and says, well, when she gets here, they said, oh, so the supervisor is a woman. And I says, well, the supervisor is me. <laughs> so, and he was looking like, oh, snap. I'm sorry, lady. Oh, my God. I'm so upset. I'm so sorry I did that to you. I was like, oh, no problem. You know, but I sat there and thought to myself, well, I wonder would that have been the same thing if there was a man supervisor who came to the scene? Almost immediately, they would have said, oh, here's a supervisor here, you know, and let's just go through protocol. But because I came, I was younger at the time, you know, and I'm a woman. I'm like, that's not right. You know, I felt like, you know, my, my team member knew who I was. And so I automatically thought that if the police saw me talking to him, then they would automatically know this is someone who is an authoritative figure. And so I need to go and you know, have a conversation with them. Like now I don't have an issue with that because like I said, I think, oh my God, I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, but I have become sort of an icon, you know, um, in SES. So I don't have those issues now. And even other places of public works, they say, oh, I know who she is. That's Tess. You know, if you want something done, call Tess. That makes me feel really good because I raised the bar for myself. I set a standard for myself. And now I see uh, younger women uh, coming into public works that look up to me. So I'm very proud of the work that I've done here. I think now women have a more or have more of an advantage now than we ever did. I don't really see any barriers for us now than I did maybe 15, 20 years past because public works has expanded so much. Like the possibilities are endless here now than I would say maybe 15, 20 years ago. And I believe a lot of that is due to the part of our former director who really like took a look at the dynamics of public works, uh, where they were and where they need to be. And I feel like because of the work that he did in allowing women to have a place of uh, leadership roles, you know, put us where we are now. So I'm forever grateful for that. But also the world is changing now. So people have become more accepting, you know, and that allows um, us to uh, be able to have certain positions than traditionally we wouldn't have had before. There has been a few people who have inspired me. Mr. Baker, Mel Baker, who passed. Uh, Mr. Armstrong, who has passed. Uh, when I first drove the pickup truck, that was something that I was... I was challenged to do that, right? And so the uh, foreman during that time was James Armstrong. Rest in peace, Mr. Armstrong. And he said, he looked at me and he says, Miss Jones, do you want this job? And I said, of course I want this job. He said, well, put this truck in reverse and back it up and park it in there. 
And I did it. I was scared as heck, but I did it. Um, let me see. Linda Lee. Linda Lee. I remember once she called me in her office. I was so upset because she was scolding me about something that I knew I should have been doing. But when I went home that night, I always do a self-analysis. Things I did wrong, things I did right. And that gives me a challenge for the next day. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to raise the bar. And this is what I'm going to do tomorrow that I didn't do yesterday. So she gave me a challenge. She challenged me to own my job, to own my position, to challenge myself every day to be better than I was the day before. And um, if she can hear me right now, Linda Lee, thank you so much. <laughs> What makes a good leader to me is having the ability to listen. I cannot say it enough, you know, listen to understand and speak to be heard. I have to keep bringing it back to that, you know, lead by example, because my thing <laughs> and my thing is if I'm out there working, I don't want to hear it. Everybody working everybody working, even get that dog to go over there and get his bone and put it back over here. You know, everybody is working. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you have to have a love for what you do. I have a passion for street cleaning. You know, this is my niche. Um, and for me, you have to have a compassion for uh, your staff. We all have issues and challenges that we face in our personal life. But me, as a leader, I like to go to my teammates and say, what can I do? I don't know. I just do it. I really couldn't tell you. You would have to see me to say, oh, that's how she does it, you know. For me, my leaders of uh, my family were my grandparents, my mother's mother and my father's mother. They were both, both very wise women and they were both very hardworking women. And they inspired me to whatever it is I wanted to be, be. And I could hear my grandmother saying, never give up. Those were her last words to me. Um, <clears throat> she took her ring off of her finger and gave it to me. And she looked at me and she told me, never give up. And those are words that I live by every day. And so, you know, when I'm at work, I'll call my daughter. Because like I said, I start at 6 a.m. My daughter gets up 7, 7.30 to get ready for school. And I tell my daughter every day, I love you and do your best. That's all you can do, okay? And I get that from my mom and both of my grandmothers. For those who are feeling down or doubtful, I would say to them, attitude is everything. Your outlook on how you see the job 
do self-analysis. Go over things you did right, things you did wrong. And then at the end of the day, this is, this is my roadmap for tomorrow. And when you wake up in the morning, the only person that you have to be better than is the person you were yesterday. Thanks for listening to Snapshots, a public works podcast. 